This is a disclaimer. The Crimson Capsule Chapel is a podcast about awareness and self-development. Do not listen if you are weak-minded and easily offended. This podcast is from a red pill perspective. We go hard on 304 so you can understand their nature. Again, listen at your own discretion. Thank you and enjoy. Monday, break time. We're doing one episode a day. One episode. I said episodes. What the? Damn, son. Where'd you find this? Fuck it. Fuck it. You know what I mean? We cutting this shit short. Get all the bullshit out the way. Get all the bullshit out the way, man. Jersey Judah. And it's Monday, which is never a fun day, but that doesn't matter because I'm back. What another episode. Another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. I was having some issues here with this uh, this phone and getting things set up, but now I think we are all ready to go. Um, it's Monday, like I said, Monday's never a fun day. So we're just we're just gonna we're gonna kick back, you know, shoot the breeze a bit. There is a 15 minute video that I want to go over on this episode. It is 12:10 right now. I technically got until 1:15. So did I leave this light on the whole? There's no way in hell. Why the fuck? There's no way. There's no way that I left this light on the entire time. There's no way. Oh, that's right. I was planning on moving the car. Okay, good. I was scared for a second. My bad. I'm back. All right. So it is Monday. My schedule for this week is as followed. 12 noon to 1.15, maybe a little bit more. Max, I can't do this shit. Okay, (laughs) like I can like what I mean is I can't do a a two hour episode while at work, go home and then do another two hour. I just can't do it. Not during the weekday uh, weekday. 
yeah, not during the weekday, work days, right? Weekend, you guys know how how I do it. Nighttime operation. Hopefully, y'all checked out those episodes that I've uh, dropped. It was like eight episodes past three days. What the? That's like three episodes. What was that? Three episodes Friday, three episodes Saturday, and two episodes Sunday. Not bad. Not too shabby. And we're going to continue to do what we do. All right? We're already halfway. Listen, guys. I ain't shit. Y'all know me. I ain't shit. So the fact that I know that we are damn near close to three, what is it, 3.9 thousand, that means a lot. All right? <laughs> means a lot. The numbers are coming, you know, slow, slowly but surely. I don't do a good job at advertising my shit because I don't like dealing with people, so I don't go on social media and go, hey, check out my podcast. I'll share it on Facebook when I do it so the people that want to check it out, they can check it out. If not, I ain't losing sleep. But uh, we got Jesse Lee Peterson. Matter of fact, let me get a sip of this uh, iced tea real quick. It's melting a little bit. Hold on. Mmm. Apple green tea, guys. You just don't know what you're missing out on, right? But yeah, uh, we're going over Jesse Lee Peterson, um, an interview that he did. You guys may have heard of Jesse Lee Peterson. He's responsible for this. Are you beta male? Beta, 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 beta. Jesse Lee Peterson, he black. That's where I gotten all that from. Um, to say the least, Jesse Lee Peterson is one of those guys that makes things easier and maybe that's his that's his twist like he makes things sound easy than what they are or maybe things really are just as easy as he says it is when i talk about um letting go to thoughts and letting go of emotion and anger i've gotten that from him and it has worked tremendously for me so the things that i say i'm not just an echo chamber i'm a person that's been through a lot of the situations and came out of it sort of you know learning something from it. But Jesse Lee Peterson's always been one of those guys throughout the years, I think past 30 years, he's been helping out um, tremendously uh, when it comes to Los Angeles and when it comes to helping men. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't take too kindly of what he's saying, right? A lot of people don't take too kindly of what he's saying. They say that he's a coon, he's an Uncle Tom, you know, all that bullshit. And this interview, from what I can remember, because I remember watching the interview, but I did not watch this exact clip. So this is going to be very entertaining. The video is 15 minutes and 17 seconds long, and it is simply called, This is the Funniest Interview Ever. All right. Let's see if this claim is correct. Let's get it. Back at it again. We've got one here with Jesse Lee Peterson, which is always hilarious. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't drink anything right now because you might spit it out. And I don't want y'all to destroy your phone, your screen or anything around you. OK, but anyway, like, share, comment. And of course, 
hit that subscribe button if you are new. If you would like to help me out with the YouTube algorithm, just watch this video longer. That'll help out tremendously. The longer you watch it, the more YouTube pushes this video out. And of course, like I said, hit the like button. You know, that, that always helps. And leave a comment. Let me know your thoughts and your opinions, all right? And with that being said, let's, let's dive in. in. <laughs> Shout out to Jesse Lee Peterson. Speaking of black people, hmm. I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> I thought you would never ask. <clears throat> um, have you noticed that most, not all, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most black people believe in socialism? Who told you that? Uh, look, I Who know black people. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to really figure that one out. Um, if you're going back into the turbulent 60s, a lot of socialist ideologies were actually spread to the black community of communism to an extent. The Panther Party was loosely, if I'm not mistaken, loosely based on communism. I can be wrong about that. So, yes, this isn't a secret. I mean, this isn't even a shocker. Black, I know black people. You black. Right. But just on the outside, you are No, I'm a, white on the inside. You are definitely an 85-year-old Caucasian man with a credit score <laughs> of 690. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> Why do you say 690? So I guess the other guy is a comedian. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's when it comes to these top these topics and these conversations, you got to look outside a race. Both people are black. They black. So it's not even a racial issue. It's a generational issue. You see that? Not racial, generational you got an older black guy who grew up during different times. He talked about it all the time that he grew up on a plantation. Most people would assume you grew up on a plantation. You were a slave. That is incorrect. Some people, when the slave trades and shit ended, some of the blacks were able to, to withhold. They, they were able to get the property. And they still worked in the fields because at that time, that product was still making them money. Now, instead of picking cotton for free and being beaten, if not picking cotton, they decided to pick cotton and get paid for it. But see, if you tell a motherfucker today, a Generation Z and even some millennials, they'll go, that doesn't make sense. Why would a person choose to do that? What the? Generational. It's a generational gap. <laughs> Run that back. Right. You are definitely an 85 year old Caucasian man with a credit score of 690. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you, did you notice that black people believe, most, not all, believe in socialism? Who told you that though, Mr. Peterson? Where'd you get these numbers from? Affirmative action? Well, that's, that's, yeah, that, that can be tied in as well. Sure. I, I didn't even think about it like that. I'm just thinking about the groups, the movements, the, you know, at that particular time, <coughs> and I'm talking about the 60s, <coughs> there was a lot of movements going on, but not many knew about these movements when it came to the origin and where these movements came from. So really, it, it is a loose affiliation to Democrats, at, um, you know, the Democratic Party that kind of brought this new age socialism into the movement or into the movement of uh, feminism, black empowerment, 
they've spread socialism pretty much everywhere. It's just the people have a hard time coming to that conclusion of, oh, wait, this doesn't belong here, right? When you have a movement, I'm going to put this joint out. I'm actually going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to technically be sober, but I'm going to be more sober than I usually am. And typically I just smoke this joint on break and get fired up, but I'm not going to do that. I want to make this point. When you look at a movement like feminism, where did it come from? Well, it just so happens that one of the major waves, first wave was around the 60s, right? In the 60s. During that time, the gay the gay rights uh, activists were a thing. And a lot of people don't want to admit this. The blacks don't want to admit this. But there was a time when those people, all of them, including the black power movement, would all protest together. Fast forward today and you have the same thing happening, except there's no more black. There's no more black Panthers the way that we remember black Panthers. There's Black Lives Matter marching alongside the gays and the lesbians and the transgenders. And they're all connected through socialism. It's the same thing that's keeping these groups together today. I mean, Black Lives Matter, the founders are are, are, are self-proclaimed Marxist. All right. That's, you know, communism on fucking steroids. Socialism? Yes. Uh, now they want more reparations. That's socialism. Listen, yes. Now they want more reparations. We've given them everything they've asked for. Who is we? We the American people. No, you just stood on the side of white people just did say we. We have. They wanted, remember when they were begging for civil rights? <laughs> <laughs> and then we gave them civil rights, right? And this nigga, Jesse Lee Peterson, I don't even want to call him a nigga, but he black. He black. He black. Uh, this nigga, <laughs> he's dead fucking serious. The other guy's laughing because he's thinking he's being trolled. Nah, this nigga's serious, bro. And I'm siding with him. This nigga makes a whole lot of sense. Compared to these race hustlers, these red, black, and green all day type niggas. Oh, nah. I'm listening to JLP. What the? And then they wanted to integrate the school. Remember that? You are amazing. Thank you. You really well, listen are. listen to me. You remember when they wanted to integrate the school? <laughs> this guy is amazing. Amazing. The stuff that comes out of his Because of time, follow me here. You remember when they wanted to integrate the school? Right. They're like, oh, we wanted the white schools. Our schools are no good. They wanted to go to the white schools. That wasn't, we gave them that. No, they just wanted equal. And then they and just then, wanted equal. Nah, that's not true. What the black guy is about to say, that's not true. Because really, if you think about whatever racial issue that there was, logically speaking, and I know I'm not a separatist whatsoever. All right? I'm, I don't want people to take it this way, but if y'all take it this way, who gives a shit? But with the way that the racial turbulence was uh, going on in the 60s. The last thing a motherfucker was trying to do, and it, and I get it, from the black perspective at that time, we want, we want the same education, we want the same opportunities. They may have fucked up schools, they may have fucked up shit, but a lot of us were fucking our own shit up. Just like the community. Oh, you got these project buildings they talk about in New York City. The Dutch had it first, the Irish had it first and all the other uh, first world, so-called, I call them first world immigrants. 
Because if you think about it, even with black, we we were technically brought here. We didn't come here with our own free will at a time where it was the so-called free world. We were not free within the free world. Today, it's the complete opposite. We're in. We are the free within the free world. And we'll still go back and say some shit. Like, honestly, in the 60s, I'm just going to be honest. Like I said, I had to I already gave myself a disclaimer. I wouldn't be down with uh, I, I would keep everything segregated. I hate to say it like that. Motherfuckers ain't what wasn't ready to get along back in the 60s like that. What the? All right, Martin Luther King, that's like one nigga, man. Everybody else was straight up stone cold militant. And that's how it should have been. I hate to say that. You got to be willing to protect yourself and protect those around you. Sometimes you got to get radical. Fuck these niggas, man. Fuck them. I wouldn't the seg I, I would have kept things segregated. If once the people started asking, hey, you know, because I think I think the people in this country and I mentioned this before and I mentioned it in such a fascinating way that I actually remembered it. The 60s in the 60s, America was going through an identity crisis. And this identity crisis, it, it, it was there were so many variations to it. It's not just the blacks trying to get, you know, their equal rights. It's the gays at that time that were trying to get their equal rights. The lesbians, the women wanted their equal rights. It was a whole bunch of it was it was really the identity crisis. And with forcing integrate with forcing the whole integrated schools, it's like forced diversity, my nigga. It's I hate to say it like that, but that's what it is. It's forced diversity. These people aren't willing to, to get along at that time. It was still having their issues. There's people today that pretend that either the 60s and the separation never happened or they pretend that it's still going on. <laughs> See, that's 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 like the mind fuck of most people. It's like you either acknowledge it that it happened and you still feel affected by it today where it's like any black person that walks into a room of white people, he feels uncomfortable. Get the fuck out of here. I don't know what y'all, y'all niggas need to stop watching. Get out. Y'all need to stop watching that shit. It's a terrible movie. The director, I mean, Jordan Peele is overrated. I hate to say it. He's overrated. Give me the money and the opportunity that he had to make that movie or even God forbid the Twilight Zone. I would make Twilight Zone just as phenomenal as Rod Sterling did. And I would just stick to the script. I wouldn't need to add new shit. Some things are just better untouched. They want to fix shit that's not broken and then break it forever. But no, you know, segregation and all that shit. All right, cool. Y'all stay where the fuck y'all at then. We'll stay over here. You know, when people are ready to meet, there's there's the center. There's there's the fucking, you know, there's the olive branch. Right. But other than that, man, no. Because reality struck in and they, they started giving niggas, they started giving niggas shit for doing nothing. And then they, they ended up hating the white man at the end and they getting all benefits from the white man. What the? When I say the white man, I don't mean that as like generally speaking, I mean the man, the government, the G man, maybe who knows, but they'll get benefits and get handouts from these people and then turn around and talk shit about them and then ask for reparations, man. What a fucking joke.
falling. That's all. That's that's all. And if somebody's sitting next to you and they're drinking out of a cold water fountain and you have a, a crappy water fountain right here and you you supposed to be the same as this person right here, but they have the ability to do something that you can't do. Isn't that unequal? That's breaking news. I grew up on a plantation in Alabama. You know about that? You should know better, Mr. Peterson. I, I Jim know. Cole, uh, Jim I remember, Crow. I remember Jim Crow? I, I, right. I was under Jim That Crow. didn't affect you? No. And then I remember for blacks only, drinking fountains and white only. This guy's amazing. Amazing. So that's what's going on. <laughs> remember oh, man. when... Uh, <laughs> Remember? This guy, you grew up on a plantation and you still have this mentality? Yes. It's called free mentality. It's called master. That's what this called. It's called when my master. And it's it's interesting that these puppets on the left, these comedy guys, these funny people, they're all paid by the same people to say the same shit. So for and I've always found this to be interesting. I mentioned this on several occasions. The more political I get, when blacks on the left, the liberal blacks, they call people like me, or <laughs> people like yeah, that's funny. But when they call people like me a coon or some shit like that, I wonder where they're getting their information from to even call me a sellout. Because you would have to be paid you would have to be successful you would have to have a lot of things that you benefited from in order to be the sellout i'm an everyday average working class human being right i don't the coons are these niggas not jesse lee peterson but the other nigga how can he judge something that he never experienced if jesse lee peterson said he grew up in a plantation he literally grew up in a plant on a plantation. The black man probably grew up in a house or an apartment. He doesn't know about the situation, but he's judging him on a situation that another person has been through. He never experienced that. He never experienced probably he most likely never experienced true discrimination on sort of a natural national level where it's like you're not the only black person going through it this guy this guy this guy this guy and this guy less than likely to happen but these black folks today they love to go around with this victimhood shit and some of them hate white people they hate them that he said i said yes master we said <laughs> so anyway now he's just trolling <laughs> <laughs> As he should. Oh man! As he should. Oh, this is too funny, man. This this comedian's reaction to what he's saying. <laughs> Niggas is bugged out, man. It's just the funniest stuff ever, man. The funniest. You know who you are. Let me. <laughs> you seen Django? Stephen Fetchin. Uh oh. Stephen. What Fetchin. was the guy's name in the house? Mister. He wasn't Mister. But that's good too. Right. He said, Mr. Coon. <laughs> Yo! Yo, come on, man. And see, these so-called black men, and I call them so-called black men because they, they, they don't even know their own identity. They only identify with color. That's, that's how you know a person doesn't have a spirit. If your only identity is your color, then you're a person that I don't want to deal with. I don't care if you white, purple, orange, gray, yellow. I don't give a fuck what you are. 
if your only way of identity is through color, it's bullshit. Because here you got a person that tells a black person he should know better. But then it's just seconds after calls him a coon, insinuates that he's a coon. Hmm. What was his name? I forgot when uh, Jamie Foxx came up on the horse. He was like, is that a on the neck? You are that guy. But let's do that. That's that's Don Johnson from uh, Miami Vice. That was a good role, too. Holy shit. That reminds me. Y'all never seen Django Unchained and like Jamie Foxx, he comes up with the horse and shit and <laughs> the slave master, the slave owner and shit. He opens the, the, the main, you know, how those houses are set up. There's like a balcony upstairs. One of those weird plantation houses. And he's like, what's that nigga doing on that horse? And the guy, the other, the white dude was trying to tell him, like, yeah, this is a free man. This man is not a slave. You know, he is free. And he said, not around my niggas. <laughs> not around my niggas. Yo, listen, man, Don Johnson, that's such a small role, but just legendary, bro. Like, you got Don fucking John. Yo, come on, man. That's the that's the nigga that's the nigga from Miami Vice. Or is it the Nash Bridges nigga? Yeah, that nigga. The white guy from Miami Vice. He what? He was like, not around my niggas. <laughs> What's that nigga doing on the horse? Matter of fact, where's my sound at? I'm saying the N-word way too many times, man. Holy shit. Gotta censor myself. N-word. 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 <laughs> Hey, yo, what if BET, instead of saying, you like, you know how BET, they try to say, they try to censor nigga and they say, brother, what if it was just that? Yo, what's good, my N-word? That's what's going to be now. <laughs> oh, man. Not around my niggas. From the boondocks. <laughs> yeah, but I have the cool. Now that I have seen, I, I have seen the boondocks. Bugged out. That, that, that was <laughs> bugged out. And what's fucked up about it is... Jesse Lee Peterson does not, he's not like, it, it takes a while to really understand what he's saying through how he's saying it. And to be perfectly honest with you, like he's definitely not an uncle ruckus. I don't know one black person actually, now that I think about it, that could really be in that category besides Clayton Bigsby. And for those who are Dave Chappelle uh, show fans, You'll get the reference. That's the closest thing that I know to an Uncle Ruckus. <laughs> Uncle Ruckus, man. <laughs> if you've seen the Boondocks, oh, man, you're probably laughing right now if you've seen the Boondocks. I've never seen uh, the Django. What? I don't really watch movies. What? Doc, stop it. Watch it. Please. Fuck. Look, Jamie Foxx was good in a movie. I'm not going to lie. It was a good role for Jamie Foxx. Um, it's one of those, like, Quentin Tarantino films, right? If you know about Quentin Tarantino, you know how he is about, you know, his movies and his films. So it's like an acquired taste. But, yeah, definitely see Django. Black folks, watch Django Unchained, please. Just, just watch it. I'm not telling you to like it. I mean, there is some funny shit in it. They say niggas so many times. Like, that's what blew me away. I've never seen 
the word nigga used so freely by white people in one movie. It was on some other shit. I was almost offended, like halfway through the movie. I'm like, what the? I'm doing a nigga count. They're, they they just went through so many N-bombs, right? So many. N-word, 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 N-word. That's all they were doing, back to back, all right? They should just have a nigger counter, just, just a count, like just, just a number that goes up every time they say nigger, man. Shit was crazy. But it's a good movie. If I'm being completely honest, I think the last movie I, I couldn't even tell you the last movie that I watched. Oh no, I think I watched. Um, well, it's more of a documentary than a movie. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched the movie. I honestly could. I always fall asleep. <laughs> Anybody else with me? I can't. I can't be the only one who like either sits in a movie theater or sits at home you know the lights are off and you know it's dark you probably just ate something got the itis he black that's that's just like the perfect time to just he black and you know, so I, listen, I learned there's no point <laughs> in me watching movies just no point. N-word. Plus, N-word. I got a lot of stuff to do most days, so yeah, it, it just yeah. <laughs> not a whole lot of time either. But anyway, does anybody else fall asleep when they watch movies too? So you like never finish it? Let me know. I, uh, I don't. I, I don't remember even going to a movie theater. Now <laughs> I think about it, I haven't been in a movie theater in shit. Um. Damn, that's crazy. I don't. I literally don't remember the last movie I seen. If I go to the movie theater, it's usually I'm usually spot on with the movies I see. Like if I see a movie and go, "Oh, this is gonna be a good movie," and I see it, it's usually a good movie. I just don't remember really being excited. Well, actually, <clears throat> technically, technically speaking, I do remember the last movie that I watched. And it was The Matrix. It was the new one. The recent one, I should say. And boy, was it a stinker. It was just not a good movie. But then I say to myself, because you know how people get when it comes to old things. The Matrix is old. We can now agree, right? The original movie, The Matrix, it's an old movie. So I think a lot of people like myself who saw the new movie coming out, we were looking for sort of that nostalgic relief. Like, wow, this is something that, you know, this is the reason why I was a fan of the movie. And the new Matrix, was it Matrix Revelations or was that the reason? That was the other one. Um, Whatever the shit was called. It was just not a it was just not good. I saw the graph, like it, like the the CGI was was a bit shitty too. It's just, I looked at the Matrix, and it sounds fucked up. But if y'all seen the new Matrix game, they had a demo for it maybe a year or so ago, a year and a half ago, I think. And the shit looks crazy. It's literally a movie. A person now, when you buy a video game, you're pretty much playing a movie, where you can just literally control the character. That's how realistic the shit is. That shit looked better than than the movie that came out. It was just a terrible movie. 
and I did sleep. I actually fell asleep. I think the last 40 minutes of the film. That's how terrible it was. I watched them. I gave it up a long time ago. For what? I wanted to call it like two or three times already. <laughs> He's talking about the coon train. <laughs> He's talking about the Coon Train Award. Um, the Coon Train Award was something given by Tyreek Nasheed, who I got to be honest with you, someone who had the gimmick of being a player and a pimp and a whoremonger, a true sellout of a community, calling another person the coon. Ah, it's funny. It's still funny. I mean, he gave Tommy... He gave Tommy Sotomayor a Coon Train Award, and he gave Jesse Lee Peterson a Coon Train Award. Now, Tommy Sotomayor, of course, was offended by this because this actually took place on a DJ Vlad interview. I remember this shit like it was yesterday. That's how funny this shit was. So you got Tommy Sotomayor, who I'm a fan of. I would definitely support Tommy Sotomayor over um, Tyreek Nasheed, but that's just my personal opinion. You got and now now some of the shit Tommy does is just absolutely retarded, right? Like I just don't get it, but it's him, right? It's part of who he is. He's an individual, and that's the one thing that I'll give him credit for. He's original with what he talks about. But he was doing an interview with DJ Flad, a guy who is uh questioned as a culture vulture to some. But the same black people who say white people are culture vultures are walking around with skinny jeans on, uh, rips in it, all these rips in their jeans, tight ass, uh, skinny jeans, man purses, and, and fucking Led Zeppelin t-shirts talking about culture vultures. But anyway, he's doing an interview, DJ Vlad. He has two WWE replicant, replicant wrestling belts. He has two WWE titles on his shoulder. As if he's even an athlete. The nigga ain't an athlete. He just out there wilding. You know what I'm saying? The nigga was wilding out. He had the belts on him like, because he's the champ. That's his whole gimmick. The king of controversy. That's his whole gimmick. And then out of nowhere comes Tyreek Nasheed. And what does he have in his hand? A coon train. So he's telling him, hey, Tommy, here's your coon train, Tommy. Here's your coon train award, Tommy. That's all he kept saying. Here's your coon train, Tommy. Take the coon train, Tommy. Tommy, take the coon train award. Take the coon train. And you can look at... <laughs> you can see in Tommy's face about how puzzled he is. And he's looking at Flad like, you set me up, Flad. You set me up. This is how you're going to do it. You set me up, man. <laughs> that shit had me in tears. Anyway, that's, that's what... Um, Jesse Lee Peterson is referencing. By the way, the way that Jesse Lee Peterson handled it, he took the coon train, he laughed about it, and he continued with the interview. I beat out. Hey, come get this, man! <laughs> He's <laughs> bragging about the coon. Hey, NAACP, come get this, man! The the last group of people that you want to call to quote unquote come get this nigga is the NAACP. All right, let's be honest. Come on, man. Come on now. I beat out. And look, all them niggas, all them niggas, they like bright, damn near white anyway. They got some white folks. They, the white person probably write the checks for NAACP. Don't be, don't be, don't get mad at me, nigga. I'm just telling y'all what it is. 
Y'all niggas out here fucking worshiping Jesse Jackass Jackson and all his shenanigans. This nigga's a race hustler. He's no different than uh, Al Sharpton, all these other people. Fucking federal agents. It's Thomas. Oh, yeah. You heard it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm taking out um, um, Judge, uh, I mean, uh, Sheriff. Sheriff um, uh, Clark. Jackson's incorrect with this, and I gotta be real. Politically speaking, there was a lot of things that were put into action to keep blacks where they were at. Lyndon B. Johnson was one of these wicked white democratic devils that took part in doing it. <laughs> That's all. Come on, man. Come on now. Come on now. <clears throat> you know, like, look, look. The well, come on, man. The welfare, where did that come from, nigga? Did it come from thin air? No. The blacks didn't even think about welfare. See, and see, this is this is the this is this is what puzzled me about politics. And no one really wants to talk about how LBJ really orchestrated the shiftless black 
that is what is today. They orchestrated it. They sat back and said, well, what's the way that we can keep these niggers in check? We'll give them a check. We'll give them the bare minimum so they can continue to do nothing. So they don't seek employment. So they don't seek career opportunity. It's the truth. I don't give a fuck how people feel about it. <laughs> it's the facts. I'm black. I can say this. I'll be damn. I'll be damn. I'll let any nigga tell me what I can say and what I can't say. The fuck you talking about? All y'all niggas do is talk about sneakers, shoes, and, and shitty music all day. Y'all ain't ready for these type of conversations. So don't dictate me and how the fuck I can talk. That man said, okay, we'll do it, but you can't have a man in the home. And they said, okay, we'd rather have a free start than have a man in the home. Facts. And last but all not facts. Least. That that is fact. And by the way, Lyndon B. Johnson has something to do with that as well. See, look, look, look man, I'm not a fucking idiot. That's that's the thing with me. Yeah, I ain't letting these fucking white people look at me and, and look at me as some type of idiot, some type of uh moron, someone who doesn't know any better, someone who needs their guidance. I don't need these people. Respectfully, I don't. And I mean any people, whites, blacks, I don't need the I don't need the group. I don't need the group mentality. I don't need the group uh environment. I don't give a shit. Cause at the end of the day, what I stand on is information and facts. Y'all motherfuckers stand on this emotional BS. Like, you know what I mean? Uh feel sorry for me and look what I'm going through. And you're not even paying attention to what the next person is going through but technically you shouldn't be paying attention to what the next person is going through and you shouldn't expect other people to care about what you're going through because everybody has their things to go through right but if we are to if we are to gather all of the blacks now we're going to gather all of the blacks and put them in this victimhood mentality what do you expect you're going to have youth growing up with that same victimhood mentality that was passed on by their older relatives and ain't nothing going to change. You know what else they wanted? What? We want the white woman, they said. <laughs> you don't want us to have your white woman. Oh, we shit. want the white woman. And white people said, okay, you can even have them. the white woman. And they... I mean, listen, man, it's not a luxury. I'm not going <laughs> to... No disrespect. It's just not a luxury. Now he's now I think Jesse Lee Peterson is trolling now. I don't even remember a time where only the people that the people that secretly wanted to date other people in in terms of races were the only ones that were truly hateful or that made a big deal out of it. That's the only way that I can describe it. Like I never heard a white guy or I never heard a black guy you know, really showcasing a white bitch the way that a lot of black women expect these guys. Like, they're just women at the end of the day. Like, I don't look at them as anything better than the next woman, right? Like, at all. Especially if they're they're Western women, man. They're they're pretty much near nothing. Yeah, begging. Yeah. We trying to clap the white lady cheeks. <laughs> this nigga bugging. Oh no, this nigga's bugging. This dude raised his hand. N word. N word. N word. N word. 
Bro, be stupid. Jesse smiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God, man. man. This is too funny. This is too funny, man. I hope y'all get a good laugh out of this. I know I sure am. I'm about to shut up and sit back and enjoy. <laughs> what do you say about that? If I can speak. <laughs> yeah. A couple things. Uh, Mr. Peterson, are you married? No. You're not married? No. Were you ever married? No, just live with him, but not married to him. I used to oh, be a you sinner. had a baby out of bedlock. Yeah. Funny thing about this story is, if you've been listening to Jesse Lee Peterson, he he talks about this a great deal. This isn't a shocker, but for people who never listen to him, then you can say, oh, he's a hypocrite. Just like everybody on planet Earth. Everybody on planet Earth is a hypocrite. I was telling my boss this earlier. Like Everybody, I've said this about happiness and how happiness is subjective, and he kind of agreed with that. And then I also said that depression is subjective, too. He didn't agree too much to that. But then I reminded him that the pharmaceutical technicians and the therapists are all buddy-buddy. So one person's advising the next person, and it's all about getting your dollar. You stupid son of a bitch. But the people, <laughs> it's just people just don't want to think like, wait, we are hypocrites. Everybody who is breathing, who is a human being, regardless of color, race, whatever, you're all hypocrites because you do things. You, you say you're doing things that you really aren't doing. You say you're going to go to the gym Well, you know, you really ain't going to go to the gym. You say you're going to do it. Everybody's a hypocrite. And every person in certain degrees procrastinates. But because everybody wants to be seen as perfect and everybody wants to be seen as pure and innocent, they they tell on themselves and look even more guiltier and look even more like sinners, just hypocritical sinners. What the? Oh, Mr. Peterson. So you are pretty much this thing that you're trafficking about dads and having the kids. You were part of this. I, I did. I made a okay. mistake. I was wrong. You no, no, no. Not a mistake. I was wrong. I'm like your president. And I you said admit it. I so would I never that. do it again, and I never did it again. That's, that's good. Now, uh, let me just say this, Mr. Peterson, and I've been talking to you for, what, 15, 30 minutes now? Yeah. And I've learned something in this little time here. What? I feel like with this interview and listening to you, I feel like I'm trapped in a vortex of stupidity. <laughs> and I'm learning that as I dialogue with you more, there is no learning curve with you. And so now you're coming out of your stupidity? You're waking up and coming out? That's a good one. That nigga's quick, man. He old as hell, but he quick with it. No, no, no. He's quick. I'm locked into it as I listen to you. And so now you're waking up from no, it? No, no, no. I'm oh. just listening to it. I can always answer <laughs> it. I'm just listening to it. But... No matter what I say to you, you are, but I don't believe you really believe this stuff, Mr. Ruckus. No, I know for a fact. Have you seen the blast? He called him Mr. Ruckus. Begging and blaming and wanting reparation and all that kind of affirmative action. Would you want to work your way up or would you want it free? I have worked my way up, Mr. Peterson. Is that the right way to do however, it? Is that the right however, however, people do need help. But they know. When are enough help, help they enough? Help. When is enough enough? When is enough We've enough? We give it to them for the last seventy years now. Who is this we that you keep referring to? <laughs> we the American, American people. people. Facts. <laughs> hey. In every joke, there is a shred of truth, right? Or at least I that's how it used to be. Like I forgot which comedian 
I heard say that once. In every joke, there 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 is some truth or a shred of truth or so some, something along those lines. And there there was truth in what Jesse Lee Peterson was saying. Black people have had some handouts, and that's a great question. When is enough enough? Is it until the end of time? Well, slavery didn't last until the end of time. So is it slavery didn't even start with black people. So I'm getting fucking sick and tired of hearing about this slavery shit, too. Fuck that. I don't got to. Yo, for real, man, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm done. I'm, I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear about slavery. I'm done. I don't want to hear about it. I'm over it. Oh, what about the people before you? Yeah, they were before me. They did. They gone. They ain't coming back. They did. I don't got to go through slavery. So why would I, why would I be so concerned about something that's not even happening in this, it's not happening. It's not. But some folks that don't got, some folks that just don't have shit and they don't have shit because of who they are. They don't have shit because they, all the opportunities, they just, because this is what happens, which this is what you do to certain black folk. You give them shit. You just hand them shit. And then when they go into the real world, then they're going to expect to get more handouts. And no, you got to work. You got to earn your way. But it ain't black folks fault. It's the government and these fucking Democrats. Respectfully. They want you to have a certain amount. So you ain't you ain't achieving much. You ain't going out and doing the things you want to do. They giving you just a much. They giving you just an amount, so you can just stay afloat. You ain't gonna have much room to do what you want, but when you go to the supermarket, you see all these people with fucking two shopping carts filled of food. You know they ain't paying that with cash. What the niggas ain't paying that? And I'm saying that universally because there's a lot of white folks that do this shit too. Now we ain't gonna beat up. We ain't gonna gang up on the blacks. A lot of whites, they doing the same shit, all right? They just get away with it because they don't perpetuate poverty. <laughs> white folks, when white folks are struggling, they tend to struggle in silence. It's like it's like how men, we suffer in silence. White folk, they struggle in silence. They get their little food stamp. They get their EBTs. They got their little Section 8, too, right? They out there in public housing like everybody else. But they don't just, they don't showcase or they don't perpetuate poverty. Like, they don't advertise chaos the way that a lot of the blacks do. You know, you got songs about niggas with food stamps, songs about, you know, hey, first in a month. It's a good song, but, you know, the concept's kind of fucked up. Typical, stereotypical, to be honest. But it's a good song. You don't got white people saying they, they wait until the first of the month. You don't got whites saying they balling in food stamps. You don't got white folks saying that. What the? White folks got to be looking. Like, listen, man. I'm so much over the racism shit. I'm just direct about race because I don't fucking care. White folks got to be tired of niggas, man. I got to say this, man. I know white folk, white liberals, they're tired of hearing niggas like me. We getting too loud with it. 
these white liberals are having a fucking nervous breakdown uh, when my black ass start talking about this shit because I know what I'm talking about. You get these other shiftless, spineless, lazy niggas, but you ain't going to get me. I'm the wrong black. They dealing with the wrong black. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting uh, interview because you kind of knew where it was going from the first two minutes, right? Some people will just say, oh, Jesse's a coon, right? And then you'll have people that are on the other side. I'll just say the other guy's a coon, which I'm more inclined to believe the latter. The other dude, the other nigga's cooning. You're a com- you're a comedian. Your job is just to be there for laughs. Fuck out of here. And c- comedians today, and I'm not disrespecting comedy because I'm a fan of comedy and I'm a fan of a lot of stand-up comedians. But the shit that was being said previously in the, in the last generation of real comedy and pure laughter and the rules, there weren't no rules. It wasn't that people were just going out on stage saying nigger, chank, kike, faggot. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like anybody was just going out there doing that. But there was wiggle room. You know, people understood a joke. Nobody was getting too offended. And nobody was trying to silence or cancel somebody because they say something that, God forbid, they don't agree with. But look where we're at today. A comedian has to talk to a political guy just to get his name out there. What the? And how do you how do you show respect to a person that allows you to go on their platform? Well, you call them a coon. You say that they're stupid. And yeah, that that works absolutely incredible and all these other like black not all but a good portion of these black entertainers and these like black podcasters they're the worst they're the biggest sellouts don't make me go through a list they selling out big time it's like we get past the point now where it's funny because now you hear black people make fun of joe biden now, the same people that the, the same black folks that are making fun of Joe Biden were technically the ones that voted for him. But they don't want you to know that. <laughs> but they'll be the first ones to joke about how bad he is today, which is puzzling, to say the least. I've been very open and honest. Not that I really have to in, in terms of like politics directly, but I choose to. And I just know what I represent and I know who I represent and why I represent them. I just don't see a person and go, oh, well, he looks to do the part. We'll side with him. No, I got to, you know, I got to do some research. I got some digging around to do. I got to see the ins and outs of the operation before I make a decision on what side to vote, what side to think. I think for myself at the end of the day, but you know how people are, they'll categorize you, you know, I was called a while back. I was once called alt-right, which was which was puzzling. I didn't at the time. I didn't even know what alt-right was. And then I looked it up and said, well, I'm not a Nazi. So there's that. I'm black. So that kind of defeats that argument. Um, I'm not even a fan of anything outside of this country. So there's that argument. I guess that's all right to just care about your country and put the country first. So I guess I, I, I meet the criteria or the, the description of the mega radical Republican, which I don't 
I don't consider myself to be neither of those things. I don't even, and I've said this before, I'm not a fan of the whole MAGA shit. I'm a fan of Trump and what he represents. I'm just not a fan of the whole gimmick, the whole MAGA gimmick, the gimmick of making America great again. Because it, it's, you know how these fucking niggas are. So the first thing they're going to say, <laughs> the first thing niggas is going to say is, when was America great for us? When we was in chains, you got niggas like that. You know, and I don't even want to talk to them. They can stay in their own fucking echo chamber, whatever the fuck it is, whether it's on Twitter, wherever this echo chamber is at, they can stay there. We out here spreading the raw, the real, the red pill from a black conservative perspective. All right. Uh, It is 103 p.m. I did this episode for the most part sober, so I am proud of myself. The reason why I did that is... (laughs) Even though I said I wasn't going to do an episode later on, I'm going to most likely do an episode later on. So that's my plan, and I'm sticking to it. What am I going to be talking about later on? Well, let's find out because I have my uh, I have my playlist, right? I got my things, and uh, all these things that I have should be well organized. I just deleted the last video I went over. By the way, shout out to Doc Rich on YouTube. Go look him up, subscribe to his shit, because he a lot of things that I go over on the podcast is loosely related, if not a direct reaction to one of his videos. We still have later on. I'm thinking we we switch things up. We do a little variety for y'all. 19 minutes. Am I going to do a 19 minute plus segment type episode? Most likely. I want to go over Hammerhand, the MGTOW monk. As he as he talks about Helen Joyce and Megan Kelly. Wow. Now, I'm not. I like Megan Kelly. I think she has a, a good platform when she talks politically. She makes sense. When she goes on to the whole women's rights thing, that's kind of when she loses a lot of her male audiences. I'm just going to be honest, because to be honest, men, the last thing men want to hear about is why a woman's oppressed and why all this bullshit is going on. When they have no idea what's going outside of what's going on outside of their communities, let alone the country. So it's it's stupid talking to a lot of these people about that. But I think that's the judgment because she's been saying a lot of things about guys and how sort of that guys need to step up thing. Not really a huge fan of that, but, you know, but we're going to talk about that and also a cheating story. That's right. We're going to have a cheating story at the end that's going to be a doozy because it's scandal. You know, this guy catches his woman in the act, getting her back blown to smithereens, right? I know that sounds terrible, but yeah, she's getting her back blown out and she gets caught up. We're going to we're going to have a whole bunch of good times later on tonight. Like I said, I really didn't care to do anything later, but I have a, a decent sized joint to where, you know, why not? And because I have everything technically set up and ready to go, I might just start the episode on the way home from work today. That might be a good thing, because then if I finish, it'll be 530, 6 o'clock, and that give me like, you know, four hours to myself, and then go to sleep, wake up, and repeat. But yeah, that's my plan for today, this episode, which will be We'll make it an hour because it's it's technically under an hour now. 
It is 106. This iced tea finally melted. And I gotta tell you, it was worth the wait. One more sip. That's just amazing. That's just amazing. Wow. But uh <clears throat> after after today, okay? <laughs> after today, for example, tomorrow, I will be doing one episode during this time, well, an hour before this time. Uh a day throughout the week. You know? Because it's just a pain in the ass, man. Especially Mondays. I was going to do something where I wasn't going to record on Mondays and just record, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But then I did, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then plus, there's so many ways I can go about doing things now with recording. My problem is I just mentioned the time a lot because I'm so used to, like, being actually on camera and doing the videos that I used to do on YouTube and the videos I used to do like the Facebook live videos. I'm just so used to what's going on now rather than do an episode, sit on it. And then like times when like, like for example, like tomorrow, let's say if I didn't want to record tomorrow, I would instead of doing things right, which I'm starting to do that more now, which is do like pre 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 recorded episodes. <clears throat> and then when the time comes when I don't feel like recording that day, I have something to share. So it's as if I record. But you know, I'm still getting the hang of this shit. All right. What the? Was that the funniest interview ever? <clears throat> I'm gonna say no, but I am gonna say it was a funny interview. And Jesse Lee Peterson's funny as hell. And a lot of things he talks about is the truth. It's just explained in a way that kind of weeds out all of the sensitive people. And he has a he has a way of uh, trolling a lot of people. Right. But still a good. Still, you know, decent, you know, decent clip. But for me. Because it's close to 110, as I always say, in the meantime and in between time and until next time, Jersey Judah with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. And yeah, I'm going to do an episode tonight. I'm thinking about just sharing this episode today and do what I did before, which whatever I do tonight, I'm going to be uploaded tomorrow morning. But until next time, I'm signing out. Peace.